Um, let me just tell you a little bit about Youth Alive. Everybody say Youth Alive. My self-promotion here real quick. When you leave, make sure you pick up a card for us on the back table. We got t-shirts out there. If you want one, you can grab one. Great. Either way, no big deal. Um, but Youth Alive is simply this. It's taking youth pastors and students to the campus to win the campus. How many of you know there's more about church than just staying in church? It's what happens in here that goes out there. What stays inside the church eventually dies, but what goes out lives. It thrives. It flourishes. And that's my job, and I'm so excited to do that. Um, Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6, Jesus empowered the disciples to go win their world. And we take that same biblical concept and teach it to students and youth pastors to say, you know what? Jesus laid hands on me. It represents prayer. He empowered me. He put his spirit upon me to go do just what he did. And then thirdly, this is really cool, he sent them in pairs. He didn't say you're going to have to go do it by yourself, but together. They went together. Everybody say together. Went together and they won the world. And then finally, this is what he told them to do. You hear this all the time from Pastor Jerry. This is in his blood and his DNA. But they went out and they preached repentance. They healed the sick. They brought deliverance to those who were captive. And all of a sudden, the kingdom of God came down on earth. And that's what they did. We take that same biblical concept with you, the life, and we help students pray. Everybody say pray. We help them to pray. I'm telling you, I am just like thrown away at what students are doing today all across Texas, even nations, with prayer. I met a girl in Tyler, Texas. Her name's Jessica. Jessica started in, in every Monday morning prayer group at her school. Her and about five or six of her friends gathered together every Monday morning, and they pray for their school. I'm going, whoa. I had a hard time just getting to school on time, much less gathering people together and praying for their school. What are they praying for? Praying for their principals, their teachers, their friends that know Jesus, and their friends that don't know Jesus. And I'm going, wow. And they're seeing stuff take place on the campus. Why? Because prayer works. Prayer still works. You see, Jesus, did, he empowered them, and there was the power of the Spirit upon them. And I'm like, whoa, what God is empowering our students to do today. I met a young man, looks like the dude off High School Musical. He has, like, the dreadlocks, and he's, like, bouncing around like this. I'm like, this dude's nuts. This guy comes up to me at school in a little town called Klaus, and he says, hey, Kyle, I want to come show you what's going on in my school. He made this little prayer scrapbook. I would have never thought to do something like this. He made a prayer scrapbook, put it in the entryway of his school where all students see it, and just made it to where they can make prayer journals and prayer ideas and things like that. And so he put it in on Monday morning. By Wednesday, when we came, the thing was already halfway full of prayer requests. You're telling me students are looking for an outlet that somebody will know and love and care about them. And so what did he do? He took that, his name was Devin. Devin took that little prayer book on their Friday morning Bible study that they have every single Friday, and they started praying for it. And you know what they also started doing? They started doing those things because some things don't even need prayer. They started meeting the needs that were in that book, and all of a sudden he's seen revival take place on his school campus. And I'm going, wow. Now Jesus said we get to together. together. I don't like doing stuff alone, but together... There's a young lady in uh, Middle Lothian Middle School. I mean, she's almost like a little midget. She's like this tall. Her name is uh, Chelsea. Chelsea's a little white girl. I mean, she, I, I don't even think she has any audacity in her bones, but she had an audacity in herself to go to her principal and ask her principal as a sixth grader. She's a seventh grader now, but as a sixth grader, Mr. Principal, sir, I would like to start a Bible club on my campus and tell others about Jesus Christ. And can I tell you, he gave her permission. She's been going now for over a year. I'm speaking at her Bible club in January. This past Thursday, I got a report. Over 35 students were already in her Bible club. Wow. It's awesome. 
And then just right down the road in Waxahachie, Texas, I have another young man named Clint. I met Clint last weekend, actually last Sunday. Clint comes up to me and says, hey, college, I just wanted you to know that my principal told us that we could not do any Bible clubs on campus anymore at Waxahachie High School. Dude was like depressed. He was like, man, I didn't know what to do because we had a great group. We were doing well, and things were just smooth sailing, and all of a sudden someone told us no, and I'm going, ooh, what would you do? So we decided to meet across the street at the donut shop while they were trying to figure out if we could have it or not. Can he? He goes, Kyle, I got to tell you that our Bible club increased by two times the amount of students while we were across the street at the donut shop. I think the donuts had a little something to do with that. But either way, they increased, and eight weeks later, his principal came back to him and said, look, you can meet on our campus once again. And he came back, Clint came back, with double the force. And I got to think that God still moves through persecution. Wow. It's incredible what God is doing all across the state. And then lastly, they went out and they did the work of ministry. Aren't you tired of just seeing people get up on stages and talk about it and never do it? In my definition, that's called hypocrisy. You say one thing and you don't do it. And we're seeing students do what they have been talking about for a long time. And we get to be a part of a little program called Seven Project where we go into schools and do school assemblies. I've got one coming up in January, February, and we just rip up the school, tell them about Jesus, and then they all get saved. That sounds like a good idea, doesn't it? Just, what, three or four weeks ago, I was in a little town called Avery, Texas. You've never heard of it, a town of 400 people. There's no youth group, no youth pastor, nothing going on for students in that school or that community. The youth pastor, the senior pastor, asked us to come in and do a service, and they don't have the cool lights and video. We had to come in and do that ourselves. He said, we're going to do a Saturday night youth rally. I'm thinking, Saturday night? No one's going to come out. Everyone wants to go roller skating and make jello and all the other things that occupy our time, right? And so he had these bounce houses, these sumo suits, all this crazy, free pizza. And I'm thinking, dude, there could be like four kids or there could be like 100 kids. I have no idea. Maybe even no kids. You just don't know. We went into Avery, Texas. We set up. We prayed. We prepared. We helped that church do an outreach that night. I was blown away because 40 students came to that youth service that night. 40 students. And I gave a cute little message, probably more mediocre than anything. And at the end of the night, I gave them a salvation message. And all 40 of them, all 40 of them from this side came marching down the front, and they gave their hearts and lives to Jesus Christ for the very first time. I'm telling you, there is a hunger going on in our schools and in our churches for young people, just what you're being preached at all the time, for an experience with Jesus Christ. You know how I know? Because young people are still looking for an experience. They find it in drugs. where They're like, <sighs> they find it in alcohol. They're just sipping all the time. What, what is it? It's an experience. They find it in sexual relationships when they strip down their clothes and they get all silly, silly with their boyfriend and girlfriend. They're looking for an experience. And what the church hasn't been giving them is an experience. And when we get back, that's why I love coming to this place. You come in here and you experience God. And you don't need all that other silly stuff in this world because God fulfills the intimacy in your heart that you need. How awesome is that? That's just a little bit about Youth Alive, man. I'm, I'm excited what God's doing. We're in the initial stages. He's been faithful. His favor has been upon our lives. And it is incredible what God is doing. Amen? If you're on the leadership team here at 
Bridge Church. I want you to come up here real quick. Pastor Jerry, Pastor Mandy, Pastor Kyle, Pastor Sarah, just everybody's pastor. You should get up here. I want to, Janelle, would you come up here with me as well? This is what I feel, man. I, I walked in this place this morning. I was like, I'm not going to talk much about Youth Alive, tell you a couple of cute stories that are all real, not made up. And I, I just felt like we needed to pray for this leadership team, amen? There is a freedom here that's contagious. Pastor Jerry, Pastor Manny have been here almost a year. Next Sunday, they will have been here a year. Can you give them a big round of applause? And I want to pray, and I want to just believe God for even greater things in the years to come. And we're going to pray, and I want to ask you to come up and stand and agree with them that some awesome things are going to come to this place. You right here in the middle. Stand up, man. What's your name? Jody, come here, Jody. I'm going to use an example this morning. Jody, you walked in, dude, and my, my spiritual like radar, whatever you want to call it, just went crazy off. Because I believe God's going to do some incredible things in your life. I don't know how long you've been serving God and how deep you are. I have no idea who you are, Jody. I've just met you right now. And give me five. It's the first time right here. Awesome. But there is a super, super, duper, duper, super, duper, super, duper anointing coming on your life. I'm serious. And you're going to look up, and a year later, you're going to be like, well, I never thought I could go there in God. I never thought I would be able to do this and that and this and that. And I'm going to tell you, this is where it's going to come from. It's going to come from your passion to go after God, but also our passion to go after God is connected to the people that we're around. And I'm telling you that I haven't even talked to Pastor Jared about this, but you need to make sure you hang around this man. Because the more you hang around him, the more of him is going to bleed off and rub off and smear off on your life. And you're not going to become a little Jared. You're going to get a little bit of Jesus that's on his life. And there's some impossible things in your life that are going to begin to fall away. And I just saw this. You're not going to be like a typical man. Typical man, they want to think about girls and doing drugs and running away and all this crazy junk. That really just gets me agitated. I want to punch them for it, you know. You're not going to struggle with that stuff, man. It's going to come naturally to you because you're connected to the man of God. And I'm telling you, I just see in your future, I don't know where you are now, but in your future, there's going to be some landmarks and some mile marks that you're going to hit and you're going to go, whoa, I never thought I was going to be there. Man, I never thought I was going to be there. And listen to me, you, what, you're, the reason why I'm standing here today is because of this man, that man, and this woman right here. I was, I don't know what, what, what you guys do or what, where you come from, but I come from a jacked up family. I mean, like my mom's been married a whole bunch of times. My dad's been married a whole bunch of times. And you know the one place I found that I could find hope and love and dreams was right here. Every time the pastor, his dad would preach, it didn't matter if he was talking about cheating on your taxes or cheating on your wife or cheating on your pet hamster. I don't know. I was always in the altar. I was always there. Why? That's where God was, in my opinion. But now I realize God's everywhere. But there's something going to take place in your life, man. And God just told me to pray for you right now, Jody. And I just wanted to encourage you. I just saw a connection being built. I'm not saying you have to go to McDonald's every day and get happy meals. Come on, Pastor Jerry, let's go to heaven. And, you, and you're texting like 50 million times a day. I'm not talking about even that. But as you come in here and you glean, you glean, you glean, you glean. 
There's going to be an anointing on your life, man, and there is power coming for you. Father, I pray right now for Jody. I ask, Lord, that you would touch him, you would move in him, Lord, that the spirit and the power of God would just rest. Lord, whatever he's struggling with, whatever he's up against right now, the impossible things in his life, just like we talked about this morning, Lord, I pray that they would drop, that they would melt like wax in your presence. Lord, I speak power and favor and anointing. Lord, you laid hands, you empowered, and they went and did. I pray that Jody would go and do right now in Jesus' name, and may nothing be impossible for him. Lord, I speak to his tomorrow, that he would be greater then than he is today. Lord, his future is bright. There is nothing that can stop him. And I pray for his connection and his future, even leadership within this church. Lord, there are so many people that, that are out there that he knows that he's going to bring into this house. The level of influence in him, may it grow and may it prosper in Jesus' name. May he be a warrior and a leader. Mm, in Jesus' name I pray. Thank you, Father. Hey, would, could I get one person to come up to each of these right quick? Guy with guy, girl with girl. Would you come up and lay hands on one of your leaders right now? I know this is a little crazy. We don't normally maybe do this or you do. I don't know. But I want to pray for your leaders real quick. Then I'm going to sit down. Come pray. Come pray. Yeah, you can go pray. Come pray. Come on, Jody. You better come up here and pray for your pastor, man. You're already sitting down. Okay, hold on. Let me speak for a second before you start praying. This is what it is. Everybody look here real quick. You have got, hey, hey, you look, look, look right here, man. I want you to hear me speak about your pastor because this, this man and this woman are anointed. They're full of power. They're full of life. And listen, they're full of people. They bleed and love people. And what's ministry? It's people. And they're willing to cut through some of the mess in this world to go after people. And this is not just the beginning. I walked in today and I was like, this is awesome. Young people everywhere. And I'm telling you, this is just the, the, the little spark of what's going to take place of the freedom of God in this house of magnetically pulling young people here. And you've got a pastor that loves and cares and is concerned for you. He's broken for you. He cries for you. And let me say this, stay connected. Beginning of this year in January, I was driving down the road going to preach to a place. Janelle's in the car with me. And let me pause to say this. I was going to say this in the beginning. But my wife is awesome. She sang up a fit this morning. I mean, that was incredible. I forget how awesome she is in prayer. She is really, really good. But I was driving down the road, she was in the car, my kids were in the back screaming, hollering, spilling their milk all over the floorboard, you know, all that kind of crazy stuff. And God gave me this visual of a pastor. You know those dandelions, those weeds? Forget about the weed part, Forget, think about the good part. The, they have little arrows, prickly things on the end that when the wind blows, they shoot off. And I saw that visually in my mind as I was driving down a concrete highway. There was not any there. So God was literally speaking to me. And I saw the wind blowing on the pastor being the dandelion. And those little arrows, prickly things being you, the church, the students, the people that come to church. And that dandelion's the man and woman of God. And when the Holy Spirit breathes, those things go. 
and you've got a pastor and his wife that are full of the Holy Ghost. And every time you're thinking, man, they got it easy. I used to think this. Oh, the pastor, he just shows up on Sunday and he just preaches, man. That's an easy job. I'm going to do that. But it's hard hard work, and you don't see what goes behind the scenes of them preparing through the Holy Spirit and God breathing upon them. The problem is we don't have a lot of pastors today that are being breathed upon through the Holy Spirit, and there's no arrows going off. And when the Holy Spirit breathes, arrows go. You are the arrows that then takes the anointing here out into the marketplace, into the streets, into the schools, into the homes. And you've got a jewel right here. You've got a jewel his face is not on websites and magazines and book covers, and he's not speaking at mega conferences yet. And I don't even know if it's in the desires of his heart to do that, but what I'm saying is, is you don't have to be some mega, mega, mega millionaire superstar in the spiritual world, Hannah Montana, to be doing great things for God. And so right now, would you just pray, would you lay your hands upon your pastor's father right now in Jesus' name? I pray for Pastor Jared, for Pastor Mandy. Lord, I speak life, I speak vision, I speak favor into their life more than already that's there. I pray that you would put in them the strategic plan to see Arlington blow up for you. I thank you right now, God, for what you have done in him already. Thank you for the impact that he's had upon my life and the spoken word and the prayers. Lord, the many, many prayers he prayed for me, Lord, when I was far from you. Lord, those prayers made a difference in my life. And I know that today those can translate and become prayers for other people and see the impact in them. I pray that there would be a, an anointing here that would break the curse of drugs and the curse of alcoholism and the curse of adultery and, and sexual promiscuity in this, in this region. Lord, I pray that right now that you would send favor upon on favor. Lord, I pray that it would be just like it said in Psalms, that he would rule in the midst of his enemies, that he would rule, that he would take dominion in the midst of enemies. When people say he can't do it, may he do it because of the impact and the authority of God upon his life. Lord, breathe on them right now, and I pray for arrows. Lord, people that aren't even here right now, they may be working at Subway this morning. They may be down at the gas station. They may be working late last night in the Cowboy game. Lord, I don't know where they're going to come from, but more arrows within this body to send out to affect this community, Lord. The dreams that are in his heart, may they come to pass in Jesus' name. And I thank you for him, his family. Bless them, keep them safe, and this whole team in Jesus' name. May they work together to accomplish a goal. When a team comes together, there is nothing that can stop the the freight train, the motive that is inside of them. And I pray it happens in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, would you hug your leader that is around you? Hug them, give them a high five, tell them how gracious you are for them, and thank you. God bless. We bring the, uh, I want us to, I want to support them.
uh, financially more than we do. So if you feel moved on your heart right now, we, ha- we have a couple of things too we want to give to them. But we want to take up an offering right now, a special offering. Now let me tell you what this is. We're sowing into youth ministry because we want to reap in youth ministry. Please listen to me. I, w- when I first came here, there were missionaries that we supported that, that we want to continue to support. But we didn't have a youth group when we came here. The church hadn't had a youth group in, that I know of in years and years and years. The first thing I said when we came here is the leadership that brought me here says, we need a youth group. I was like, well, you brought the right guy here. I love young people. Let's, let's do this. Let's get it done. And the Lord challenged me, and they just came up open for this position. I thought, you know what? We need to sow into them because we want to reap young people. We want to sow into youth because we want to reap youth. And we want to bless them. And, and uh, everything this guy does flourishes. I mean that with all my heart. I remember when he took a job at Sparklets years ago. Um, uh, he took one of the worst routes I remember he had to drive out to Midlothian, and who knows, the, one of the worst routes. The one, you know, when you start on a new job, you get the worst hours and the worst, you know. He started, and he made it one of the best routes and ended up moving up and moving up and moving up and taking these routes where no one was doing well, and he sold double or, you know, one and a half or two times what people were selling. This guy just works hard, and he does things well. He stewards what he has well, takes care of his stuff. He's someone we can trust putting our finances into as a church and supporting as a missionary because he stewards it. And God loves people that steward what they have. He's challenged Mandy and I even recently. We've told them that, that their life has challenged us to steward even better what we already have, what we have now. Don't say you don't have a lot. Steward what you do have. And I've learned that from Kyle and, and from Janelle, and I respect it so much. The way he deals with money, the way he deals with this house, with his finances, with his children. He does everything well. He doesn't waste stuff. He doesn't waste time. And so I, I, this is good soil we're sowing in today. So you can bring the buckets up and pass them. Um, and then we have a, a gift for, for you guys and for your kids. All right? So um, we can give that to them here in a little bit, or we can hand it to them now. Come on. Janelle went to check on her kids. We want you guys to, to feel special when you come here to our house. Come on up, Kyle. And uh, so besides what we're doing now as an offering, we want to give Janelle some flowers. And we got some gifts for the kids, right? And we're going to take you to lunch too, right? And we love you guys. Amen? Thanks, bro. So when you come to our house, we want you to feel special, right? And so uh can put those nice flowers out. Uh, she had a birthday party yesterday for their, their little girl who turned five, and they had a top cake party. And so all the kids got to decorate their own cakes and stuff. So me and Josiah got to take a little cake and decorate it with icing and gummy bears and chocolate chips and all kinds of stuff that are really bad for you. And so it was really fun. I'm going to talk for five minutes, all right, maybe five or ten minutes. And, and, and this is something the Lord's talked to.